0: Tonight we are back in our study of Proverbs, back marching through God's wisdom given to us, held out to us uh, through his word. Now I want you to notice something, maybe you've already noticed it, but notice not all people live according to God's wisdom. In fact, I will tell you, it seems most people do not live according to God's wisdom. And a lot of our problems come in dealing with people not walking in godly wisdom. Now, I've noticed that there's a lot of folks, they're not uh, living in obedience to God's word. They're not considering God's word. They're not living according to God's wisdom. And a lot of the problems that we have are in dealing with people not walking in godly wisdom. We can do the right thing. We can seek to do the right thing, but it seems they come along and they mess a lot of things up. Well, I was looking... And I was thinking how interesting that God knew that and that God guides us in our response to them. And that brings me to this truth tonight. Part of godly wisdom is dealing wisely with people not using godly wisdom. God understood the problem. God foresaw the problem. And he he shows us how to respond to those folks. Let me say that again. Part of godly wisdom is dealing wisely with people not using godly wisdom. That brings us to our verses tonight. All right, tonight we're going to start back in verse 9. It says this, When a wise man has controversy with a foolish man, the foolish man either rages or laughs, and there is no rest. When a wise man has controversy with the foolish man, The foolish man either rages or laughs, and there is no rest. The the word there for controversy in uh, the original language in the Hebrew, it means to contend with one another. There is a sharp disagreement. Uh, The parties are on opposite sides of the issue, and they are contending with one another. Well, it says if one of those persons is a wise person and one of those Uh, Parties is a foolish person. The foolish person, they do not listen. They do not consider the issue. They do not discuss the issue at hand. They do not uh, reach a compromise. They do not seek out a true solution. Uh, They are not reasonable, not able to reason. Uh, I I can tell you that's 100% true. And so here's what they do. They have two options. They're not going to consider the argument. They're not looking for an answer. They're not willing to compromise. Uh, They're not looking for a settlement. And so they do two things. The foolish person, they either blow up, they get mad, they use sharp words, they respond in anger, or the other response is they laugh. They just slough it off. They belittle everything. They belittle the issue They mock the issue. They may mock you uh, as you make your stance. And so here's this person. They're not going to listen. They're not going to think. They're not going to consider. They're going to get mad and they're going to use sharp words or they're just going to slough the whole thing off and laugh it off. And it says, because of that, there is found no rest. There's an agitation. There is a point of contention. And there's not going to be rest. There's not going to be a remedy There's going to be no arrival at peace, uh, and the issue still exists. And so you have this run in, and they laugh it off, or they, they become angry. And when you part ways, there is no resolution, and the issue still exists. Now, there's a couple of things to do about that. The first is this. We should expect this. That's what the Bible tells us the pattern is. If we live and we walk through this, we'll know that is what the pattern is. And so we should expect this. Arguing with a fool, seeking a reasonable response from an unreasonable person does not pay off. It does not end well. And So the first thing you ought to do is you ought to expect that. The second thing, therefore, is you ought to avoid it. If, if this is the truth, if this is the pattern, this is what Scripture tells us holds as true, we ought to avoid it. Let me tell you this. There could be a lot of grief avoided... Uh, And not trying to argue with an unreasonable person. There could be a lot less stress if we would understand there's no benefit to that process. Several years ago, uh, there there, I needed to talk to somebody, and I had set a time to talk to someone, and then I was late uh, of my own fault when I called that person, and here's what that person said: they answered the phone. And they said, the window to talk to me has closed. And that's what they said. I remember thinking, well, dad come, I've never heard someone say that. The window to talk to me has closed. And I thought, what an offensive thing. I can't, well, you'll have to make another point. The window to talk to me has closed. Now let me tell you something. The more I think about that response, that's a pretty awesome response. Maybe we ought to get used to using that response. Somebody comes in and they're mad. Well, you know what? The window to talk to me is closed. Somebody comes in, they're not going to be reasonable. They got a bunch of unreasonable things. You know what? The window to talk to me, it's closed. It may have just closed, but it is closed. When a wise man has a controversy with a foolish man, the foolish man either rages or laughs and there is no rest. I'm afraid Carrie's going to close the windows tonight. All right, moving to verse 10. Men of bloodshed hate the blameless, but the upright are concerned for his life. Men of bloodshed hate the blameless, but the upright are concerned for his life. Men of bloodshed, these are evil people, these are violent people, these are angry people. Uh, They hate, here's what the Bible says, they hate the blameless. Those who do right, those who are doing the right thing, who seek to do the right thing, They hate those people. Now, it's for no other reason than they're doing right. Do they know them? They don't have to know them. They're doing the right thing. They hate them. Do they understand them? They don't seek to understand them. They don't want to understand them. They simply hate them. Let me tell you the reason. The reason is any person doing the, the right thing stands as a conviction to those doing the wrong thing. And that is the truth of life. If there is a person that says, I'm going to take the high road, I'm going to try and honor God, I'm going to try and do the right thing, in that decision, in that pursuit, they stand as a conviction to those doing the wrong thing. And so this person hates that person. It says, the upright, however, they are concerned with the blameless. They see a person and they are suffering unjustly, They see a person and their cause has them in a bad spot. They stand with them. They care for that person. Uh, They do not hate them. They have concern for them and their cause. Verse 10, men of bloodshed hate the blameless, but the upright are concerned for his life. All right, verse 11, a full always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. A fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. A fool responds like a fool by losing their temper, losing his temper. Now, that word in Hebrew for loses his temper, uh, it's actually two words. It means vents his feelings, lets out his feelings. Instead of containing their emotion, instead of concealing and holding in their emotion, they vent it. They let it escape. They let it out. They do not control their emotion. Again, they are an angry person. They get mad. They've got to let others know they're mad and they blow up in anger. But it says a wise person, they hold it back. A wise person Controls their emotion. I'm going to be very honest with you right here. Here's the problem. Sometimes it feels good to get mad, doesn't it? Uh, sometimes it feels good and it feels right to just uncork it. And I'll tell you, man, it feels good. I'm going to tell you a story. A, a long time ago this week, <laughs> Me and the boys were were using a drill. We're trying to screw in some screws, and the battery for the electric drill wasn't charged. The charger for the electric drill wasn't working. The chuck for the regular drill, we could not find. It was in the grass. Uh, As almost everything that could go wrong was going wrong, we finally got the channel locks, got everything set up, and we're trying to, to screw in these screws with a drill, and the drill had a short in it. And so it would run it would run and then i would try to screw in the screw and it'd stop and i'd back up and it'd run and i'd try to screw in the screw and it'd stop and i'd try to screw in the screw and it would stop again it had a short in it and so i took that drill and i tapped it on the wall to try to to work out that short Um, the boys would tell you it's a little bit different than that Um, i tapped it on the wall several times i think i tapped it on the door frame once And then I took it outside and tapped it on a tractor. Uh, Swung it around by the cord and the short wouldn't come out of it. And I tried to fix it and it did not work. Let me tell you something about that. Uh, It felt good to do that. I don't know what that is. It felt good to do that. Here's the problem. Uh, I lost control and responded like a fool. And I was driven by emotion instead of being driven by godly wisdom. Verse 11. My kids are saying, boy, I can tell you a story. A fool always loses his temper, lets it vent out, but a wise man holds it back. All right, verse 12. If a ruler pays attention to falsehood, all his ministers become wicked. If a ruler pays attention to falsehood, all his ministers become wicked. That is an interesting verse. Uh, There is a ruler, and and maybe they're the hot-headed person. Maybe they're not a reasonable person. And people do not want to upset them. Uh, This ruler would rather not know the truth. They'd rather not know the issues that are going on. And so the people that come to him, they tell him lies. They tell them falsehoods. They give them fake reports. How's the economy doing? The economy is doing great. And they do this to appease them. So you can't be honest with them. They're not going to be reasonable. And so in doing that, the ruler has established a system not to deal with the issues, but to hide from the issues. And so what that does to the servants, it turns the servants into liars. They're not going to come and risk a problem. They're not going to come and and, and seek a solution. They're going to come with a false report. They're going to come with a fake report. Now listen to verse 12. If a ruler pays attention to falsehood, all his ministers become wicked. Verse 13, the poor man and the oppressor have this in common, the Lord gives light to the eyes of both. A very interesting verse, maybe a strange verse, the poor man and the oppressor have this in common, the Lord gives light to the eyes of both. All right, there is a poor man, they have a little wealth, maybe they have no wealth, And there is an oppressor. This is a rich person uh, who has become rich by abusing others, by taking advantage of other people. And so there is a person, and they are wealthy, they are rich, they are well-to-do. There is a person, they are poor. And these two people meet. And then we see this in the verse. It says this, God gives light to the eyes of both. Now, what that means is, Both of those men have light in their eyes, have life because of the grace of God. And so one of them comes from this position, one of them comes from this position, but they have light in their eyes. They're able to see they have life because of the grace of God. Now, what that means is this. These are two people created by God and whose future is in the hands of God. It's as simple as this. They are both people. Now, I think how we might approach those folks, uh, we might come and say, oh, I value the rich man. He seems to have it all together, and he has all the stuff that I would like to have, and he has built something. I don't care how he had to do it, but he has built something, and I appreciate the rich man. And we might look over at the poor man and say, well, there's a reason he's a poor man. He must be lazy, or, or he must be dumb, or he must not have done something right in his life. And so we look down on the poor man. And for whatever reason, we come to the two guys and we hold up one and we downplay the other. Or the opposite could be true. The flip side could be true. We could come and we could look down on the rich man. He is immoral and he's a crook. And he wouldn't have had all that stuff if he hadn't cheated folks. And we could look up to the poor man. At least he's honest. And we could hold up the poor man. Here's the truth of the verse. Both are just people. And their existence comes from God. And any hope they have moving forward is found in God. You know what? Sometimes we need to just realize people are just people. You know what? We don't, sometimes we put people down before we understand them. Sometimes we hold people up before we understand another situation. You know what? It is a good thing to say the light in their eyes is given by God. Their future, if they're going to have one, if they're going to be blessed, it's going to be found in God. And people are just people. The poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. Verse 14. If a king judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established forever. If a king judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established forever. For believers, for those who are seeking to walk in godly wisdom. We see this criteria. It's been throughout the study. It's been throughout the Proverbs. The standard is the truth. The measure is the truth. And that is the standard for all people in all situations. That is the standard. That is the measure. That is the criteria. And it is for all people in all situations. We apply the truth To everybody. You want to know how to operate? You grab the truth, you see the truth, you find the truth, and you apply the truth to everybody. We're not prejudicial. We are not political. We're not discriminating against one group for some reason. Uh, We do not have some who get a better deal or have a better position, a better standing because of a different standard. We are fair. We are impartial because we are grounded in the truth and the standard of measure. Is the truth. Well, this verse says the king who operates that way, who judges the poor person, now the poor person can't help them, has no position uh, to, to bribe them, but the judge who judges the poor with truth, it says their throne will be established forever. That is how you build something. That is how you endure. That's what God's word says do the right thing. Now, I'm going to skip verse 15. We'll come back next week and get it. I'm going to go down to verse 16 because it ties exactly in. Verse 16: When the wicked increase, transgression increases, but the righteous will see their fall. Here's, here's what verse 16 says that's piggybacked upon that. Uh, if you're not fair, if you're crooked, sin increases transgression, the Bible says, increases. There's going to be trouble, and trouble is going to increase. You're crooked, you lie, you cover things up, you do things in a shady fashion, there's going to be sin, and sin is going to grow, and sin is going to increase, and trouble is going to spread, and chaos is going to ensue. Now, let me tell you something, it may look good for a while, it may look like it's working for a while, but trouble is brewing. It may take a while, but here's what the Bible says in verse 16. The righteous person, the one that does it correctly, the one that does it right, they're going to watch the fall of that wicked person. Now, it may not be fast. It may be over time, but they've built something, and they've done the right thing, and and the Bible says they will watch the fall of that wicked person. Here's the godly wisdom tying those two verses together. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. According to the standard of the truth, do the right thing. We do well to to, to boil down that uh, teaching for our kids, uh, for our young people, for us as we go through life. Do the right thing. At all times, according to the truth of God's word, do the right thing. All situations, do the right thing. That's how you endure. That's how you stand. That's how you sleep at night. The other will crumble and it will fall. In all situations, do the right thing. When the wicked increase, transgression increases. But the righteous will see their fall. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear me, Father, we come. We're thankful for your word. I, I pray that we would have heard tonight, that we would have listening ears that we would have responsive hearts. I pray that tonight that we would have been built up, that we would have been shaped, that we would have been encouraged, and I pray that it bears an impact uh, outside of this night. And I pray the way that we respond to people, the way we treat folks, the standard that we use to measure, uh, the standard that we use and apply to ourselves, that we would do the right thing. I pray that in all of that, you would have a people that point to you, a people that bless you, a people that please you, and then I pray, Lord, in response as you have shown us that we'd be a people blessed by you. Lord, help us to use that and apply it in our life. Lord, I pray for our church. Bless it. Use it. Stand at the center of it. Let us be about your work, about your business. We're thankful for how you've provided for us, how you've walked with us, how you've never left us, never forsaken us. I pray, Lord, as as we hear the message this morning, that we would hold tight Uh, to the Word of God, to the truth of God's Word, that we would preach a a gospel uh, of grace and kindness, of God's love shown to all people through the cross of Calvary. Lord, I I come tonight and I pray for homes tonight. I pray for dads uh, attempting to stand. Lord, encourage them, grow them, train them. I pray for mothers. Uh, Same thing, standing in the truth of God's Word. Bless them, use them, enable them. I pray for homes where Christ will be at the center of it. Lord, I, I pray for uh, our church members, each person, whatever age, whatever stage of life, that we will be useful to you, that we will be growing as disciples of Christ, that we will be pleasing in your sight. Lord, I, I pray as we hear this morning, there is coming a time very soon when you will come back. I pray in the meantime, we will be found faithful and useful. and We will point to your glory. Lord, we come and we, we end this day by saying, we thank you. We thank you for the good things that you've given us, for the grace that you've shown us. And we could start a list and we could, we could, we could make a list, Lord. Uh, you are good to us and you are kind to us. You're merciful to us. And we have blessing on top of blessing uh, from you and because of you and in you. And so we just tell you tonight, Lord, you are our king. and You are our hope, Jesus. You are our peace, you are our portion, you are our future. And so we just hold up your name, we tell you, Lord, we thank you, we worship you, and we love you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.